everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. Uh, back in the office for a full week this week, so we'll get as many morning briefings and corporate updates out through the door as we can before you guessed it, head out the door again next week, which will be a little bit of an off week. But we're going to continue here on Monday with a corporate update from Revival Gold and CEO Mr. Hugh Agro. Revival Gold trades on the Venture Exchange with RVG and on the OTCQX with RVLGF. Uh, Hugh, you and I were unable to do uh, one of those updates at the Beaver Creek Precious Metals Summit, but that's probably fine because I did 35 of them. <laughs> it's quite, uh, quite, quite the rundown here, but uh, you did put out news last week on further exploration results out of bear track are net there in idaho you've completed 15 holes 3100 meters of the of this season's drill program let's talk give me kind of a sense of what those assays uh, brought back to you and how does this continues to kind of open up development uh for for the project thank you for having me trevor it's great to be with you and provide a bit of an update for your listeners um, yes, well, we did get some uh, initial drill results out from our program this year. About 10,000 feet we're drilling there on the Bear Track Arnett project focused on new exploration areas in oxide, open pit oxide targets that could complement the PFS, which we just put out in July. Um, and these initial results were from the Romans Trench target area. We hit gold. Uh, this is a new place for us to be drilling first drill holes that we've done in the area, uh, core drill holes. Uh, and uh, we also did some uh, some rock sampling on surface and got more gold. And this is all very encouraging for us because, of course, every year we can add to our mine plan is a, is, is a bonus. And um, and this year is all about exploration and and developing those targets for future additions to the mine plan. So give us a sense of Roman's Trench, where it's located in the project, you know, how it fits in, maybe how, you know, how you kind of see Roman's Trench future looking, you know, placement fitting into the the strategy with the project. Broadly speaking, we're, um, we're on the left branch of the Bear Track Arnett project. Uh, the main deposit on that branch is, is called Haiti, and, um, and it's a satellite to our main infrastructure on the Bear Track property. And what makes this Roman's Trench target and the others that we're pursuing this year at Ridge and at Midlands uh, interesting is that they're all within about uh, a kilometer to two kilometers of the Haiti deposit and uh, alongside of the uh, the haul road that will come from the Bear Track site out to Haiti. Roman's Trench itself is about um, about equidistance between the Haiti deposit and the infrastructure at Bear Track where we'll be processing material. So that's a very that's a big advantage. The other advantage is that the grades are are quite interesting. We got uh, three grams uh, at surface in oxide material uh, there. And um, we've got a lot of structural work to do to be able to put together what will ultimately become uh, a potential uh, deposit on its own. But these are the kinds of grades and the kind of locations that are, uh, that are additive to that existing PFS and the economics behind it. Uh, I would kind of direct everybody who might be listening or watching. There's a great slide in your presentation at slide five. That's really the big overview of Bear Track Arnett and the project in your 5,800 uh, hectares there. So you can get a sense of where everything's, uh, you know, located within within your claims here. Uh, but that side, you know, 
I guess from Haiti and surrounding Haiti down to Roman's Trench, uh, there are a number of other kind of areas, uh, you know, of perspective exploration there. Can you talk about, you know, is there kind of a, a, a strategy to go after more of that as well? Or do you think exploration really focuses on Roman's Trench going forward? Oh, yes. Uh, we, we, we absolutely want to get out in these outlying areas. We're fully permitted to do uh, quite a bit of drilling. We've got uh, targets along, oh gosh, more than 10 kilometers, uh, call it six miles of strike, favorable strike. And what you can see in that page you're referencing, page five of our corporate slide deck, is the, is the cluster of surface geochem anomalies right around that uh, Haiti deposit, where we know we have gold that's part of our mine plan. And so we're systematically getting out and testing those targets and looking for, in some cases, undercover deposits of gold. Remember, this area has been mined from the uh, going back to the founding of the state of Idaho. It's the largest past-producing gold mine in the state of Idaho. A lot of placer mining in this area. Now 4.6 million ounces of resource, and if you add that together with past production, we're talking about an endowment of gold more than five uh, five and a half million ounces and uh, so this is a big gold area lots of um, creek paths that uh, need to be followed up for further exploration we're just systematically working through it all right uh you know since we did get a chance to talk at uh, beaver creek and you know we're obviously within conference this season of of conferencing here hugh what were some of the conversations and general themes that got brought up with you and your uh, three and a half days of meetings well yeah three and a half days um i'm going to say 45 50 meetings and um lots of of corporate interest Investors are, um, are, are cautious. There's no doubt about that. And some companies are playing cautious. Uh, we're still on the offense here. You know, um, even, even though we're spending carefully and we must spend carefully so that we don't uh, uh, overly dilute our share, share, share base and our share count, uh, you know, we're, we're taking steps. We've added a very seasoned director to the board who helps make that transition for us from exploration development to development construction and ultimately operation. A gentleman uh, by the name of Larry Radford, ex-Barrick and Kinross, former COO of Hecla. Uh, we brought in a royalty interest in the summer. And, um, and, and, you know, this was an opportunity that came to us as a result of the difficult market conditions uh, for, this, for the vendor. And, uh, and we, were, we were able to consolidate in this royalty in the, um, in the Arnett uh, area of our property that we've been talking about is an important exploration area for us. Uh, we've done metallurgical test work on the second phase of our project, just released in August, which demonstrates the possibility for us to, uh, uh, in our second phase of operations, once we're finished with the oxide heap leach, to sell a, uh, a concentrate from, our, from our, um, our mill material. And that will allow us to lower capital on that second phase development and provide alternative uh, processing option for us. So these are the kinds of steps we're taking. Uh, we've just uh, just um, uh, completed this uh, 10,000 feet drill program, which we've talked about. Um, these are the kinds of things that I think a company like ours can, can do to add value, even in a difficult market. 
Well, let's talk about that dif- this difficult market, Hugh. And I, and, I, I, and I really mean it when I say that you might be one of the most optimistic, uplifting uh, managements that I've, I've seen in this really tough market that we've had the last few months. Uh, in fact, uh, you even went out of your way a while ago to shoot me an email note that's like, you know, this, I mean, it's the doom and gloom that's being kind of perceived within, you know, some of this commentary, this podcast included, uh, you, you're seeing through it and you see the opportunities that this market is presenting. In fact, you even went and stated to me that you still think this, you, you think this is still an investable business. Uh, it's to show you how optimistic you really are. And so kudos to you, but really open this up. I mean, what, you know, what gives you this hope and this enthusiasm? Well, I think it's the history of, you know, having spent 35 years of my career in the gold business. Um, gold price goes up and down, sentiment in the industry goes up and down, but it's a, it's a 5,000 year old industry. And, um, you know, price of gold today, 1850 to, to $1,900 an ounce, provides a very healthy margin for most of the producers out there that are generating ASICs at around $1,200 an ounce. I, I defy you to find other industries that can generate a margin of that quantum. Um, you know, this is, um, this, is, this is a good business to be in, done well. And um, you just look at our PFS. Um, you know, we did the economics at $1,800 gold, and uh, the, the project will produce $40 million of free cash flow a year from a $109 million capital investment. That's good business. The reserves, though, were done at, at $1,700 gold. So we've got a healthy uh, margin of safety there in terms of reserves and the current gold price, and yet still we've got a project that can generate quite a bit of free cash flow. And I, and, I, and I want to emphasize this is a business. So when we look at it, we take a phased approach to the development of our asset. And I think that's where our industry has stumbled in the past, by trying to carve out these gigantic projects, very complex to permit, very complex to operate, and extremely capital intensive. Uh, we've taken a different view. We've got a, a, a first phase project with $109 million worth of capital, and I hasten to add that despite the inflationary environment we've been in, that capital only went up by $2 million between our PEA and our PFS. Why is that? It's because we're on a brownfield site, a business decision on the part of Revival Gold's directors and our team to pursue uh, domestic gold production from a brownfield site with that existing infrastructure giving us a head start in terms of our, our project. Um, we've got this phased approach, though, which which gives us leverage to a very large gold deposit. As I mentioned earlier, 4.6 million ounces of gold in resource, uh, uh, 2.4 million of that in M&I and the rest in inferred. And that gives us a lot of leverage. So beyond that $40 million a year of free cash flow, here's a project that if the gold price does go up, has a tremendous amount of leverage on the basis of that big resource and the, uh, and the option to develop out a second phase. So what's not to like about that? We've got a conservative project, uh, low risk in terms of geography, in terms of capital cost, generating free cash flow, and the option uh, on a second phase that generates uh, uh, a lot more value uh, beyond that and leverage to the gold price. Uh, So whether you're a gold bull or not, uh, this is a good business to be in. Do you you feel that these... And I don't want to say smaller projects, but these kind of simplified phased projects, as you just laid out, uh, which is Bear Track, Arnett, 
I mean, do you think if we do start generating more interest and the market starts picking up, will those types of development companies such as Revival maybe have a, a higher leg up compared to the bigger projects that are going to require more CapEx to get built? It's always the case that um, when the when the metal prices move, everybody scrambles to want to build these projects, and of course the cost of doing so goes up uh, commensurately. So, so I think you want to be in production uh, when the metal prices are good, and, and 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 the corollary of that is that you want to be constructing when metal prices are bad, <laughs> because that's when you get advantageous uh, uh, pricing on from suppliers and contractors. And people are available. The right people are available. So, so it's it's a kind of a, a it's a. Um, I think that's one of the ways that the industry has has got itself into trouble is overbuilding when prices are high and underbuilding when prices are low. So, if I, I hope that answers your question. I think this is the time to be putting projects into production, and um, I'll tell you what. Um, this this concern about small assets, big assets, um, is, is one that the Australians certainly got their minds around, and they've done very well, thank you very much, by taking small projects, effectively bootstrapping them into free cash flow, and then developing from that. And even if you look back here in, in North America, I can think of, uh, of, a, of a fantastic example in Goldstrike. started out as a heap leach operation, uh, and and was bought and re-explored and developed out uh, heap leach to mill and of course it's one of the world's largest gold producers today. This was not something that was contemplated from day one as a multi-billion-dollar project, but that's what it's grown to become. So if you have the right people and you have the right geology, um, then you you can you can do uh, some amazing things in this industry and. You know, I'll reflect back on some comments that, uh, you know, the great Warren Buffett made about finding a good business. Uh, and I truly believe that um, that the mining industry is essential to our way of life. And uh, it's just good for, for communities. It's good for for our, our, our way of um, living. And it's, it's, it's essential. Uh, but it's also very difficult to replicate. And that's, uh, that is this concept of a moat around a business that uh, Warren Buffett talks about. So you permit, build, and operate well, uh, and, and you will be rewarded. And, um, and I think these are unique businesses that, uh, that are essential to our way of life, to the governments that uh, you know, collect taxes and revenues, to the people and the communities that enjoy the benefit of the infrastructure and the jobs, the technologies that are developed, uh, the products that, that, that we, we, that we, um, that, that we um, leverage from these minerals. Uh, this is all very important to our way of life. Right. Hugh, I appreciate the uh, the open dialogue here. It's it's always uh, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, and I know uh, you've you've got a lot of thoughts. I know you are encouraged not only with your own company and the project, but with the industry in general. So it's uh, let me guess a, a warm welcome to hear such enthusiasm. It's been a while, uh, Hugh. Thanks so much. Have yourself a great rest of your day. Thank you for having me, Trevor. All right, all right, everybody. That's your update from Revival Gold again, trading on the venture with RVG and on the OTCQX with RVLGF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. 
Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.